Hello, everyone, and welcome to Writers Drinking Coffee. This is a podcast based on writers sitting around, drinking coffee, and talking about anything and everything. We may use explicit language, we will almost certainly drop F-bombs, but none of that is the point of the drive of the content, so consider us PG-13. There will be rants and raves and occasionally readings, like today. There will be conflicting creative advice driven by at least three disparate points of view. Your hosts today are Chaz Brinchley and me, Jeannie Warner. This is episode 16, Storytime with Chaz. (laughs) Chaz is going to read us a story today, and the crowd goes wild. Chaz, (laughs) tell us about this story. Um, So, I had not long been living in California when a friend of Karen's um, asked us both to contribute stories to an anthology, um, which was to be called Stories from the House Band, Volume 2. Um, because stories from the house band, the original had, 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 was already out and Karen had a story in that too. Um, and, and I, as far as I remember, the only brief was that it should concern itself with music. Um, so my, my favorite jazz album is called Live at Smalls. And it's, it's this lovely, it's, it's, it's a small club in London, in, what do I mean in London? In in New York City, um, and it may have been on Forty Second Street. It may have been on Bleecker Street. It moves, um, and and it's run by a guy called Small, and he sits at the foot of the stairs. And if he likes the look of you, you get in for nothing or for a dollar. And if he really doesn't like the look of you at all, he will skin you for every dollar he can take. Excellent. Um, and the house band is a movable feast. It just depends who turns up, and they all play together. And it's fabulous. I love that album, and, and, and I wanted to transmigrate that to a story. So I did. What's this one called? This story is called Live at Marley's. Even in the silence, and there must be silence, occasional, transgressive, or how could there be music? How else could music happen? How come? But even in the silence, in the dark, in absence, music squats at the foot of Marley's stairs. Organic as compost, patient as yesterday's rain, Soaked in, waiting, here. The young leech light and beauty from the world around, as bread draws salt from the soup. You do it yourself, all unheeding. You do, though. You make me look old and drab when I'll have you know that I'm neither. Yes, yes, I know all that. Be easy. What, did you think you were here by your choice, only yours? I stepped into this of my own volition. At least one of us had to know what we were doing. Pup. No matter. If you shine, if you put me in the shade, it's not your fault. It's just your age. You'll get over that, eventually. I'll wait. If music is a situation, Marley's is a state of mind. Here, now. This is where it is, this is what it is. This doorway, these stairs descending. Everything else is a story. Maybe it was on 42nd Street before. Maybe it was Bleecker Street. Is that what you heard? Believe it. It might as well be true. The world reshapes itself. Every life is its own arrangement. You don't think you arranged me. Arrogant young... Never mind. Come down. Downstairs, and there's Marley. Where he always is, waiting at the bottom. Just this side of music. Maybe there's a door, or a felted blanket hanging in the entry. Things change, but not Marley. This is his process, that he sits in a cubby at the foot of his stairs and checks you over. If you're carrying an instrument, you're in, free and clear. If not, well, options are open. 
If he likes the look of you, if you look hungry or earnest or sincere, if he thinks you'll take away more than you're bringing in, then he'll charge you a dollar and you can stay all night, eat on the house, share whatever comes around. Someone puts a bottle in the pot or pot in the bottle. Maybe you get lucky. Maybe you get high for free. Don't count on it, but there's always water and there's always ice. You'll need that. It gets hot in there. If you look like a rich kid slumming, if you look like you're in the, in the wrong business, A&R or the media say, anyone who sucks money out of music, and, or if you look corporate at all, Marley will sting you for everything he can, at the door and in the club. And he'll make sure you understand that. And if you choose not to pay, if you turn around and go back up the stairs, that's your loss and no skin off his nose. None at all. He never wanted you, though he can always use your money. What's that? You personally? Oh, he'd skin you. If you came here alone or with that gang of privileged buffoons you're pleased to call your friends. Not tonight, he won't, though. You're with me, and I get in on the nod. Old friends, Marley and me. His casa is my casa. If music is a motive, Marley's is the means and the opportunity. Carry an instrument, make yourself at home. So long as you're willing and able to play the thing, that is. People will notice if you try to cheat. You don't want his finger tapping you on the shoulder, his thumb gesturing towards the exit. That's the walk of shame, and we will watch you all the way. And you'll never get back in. There is no forgiveness here. Marley doesn't forget a face, and not even beauty serves as an excuse. Not even youth. When she came the first time, yes, her, the girl in the corner there, sitting alone, sucking all the light into herself, even Marley didn't know what to make of her. She wore those ragged clothes that might be slumming chic or simple meanness or genuine poverty or an expression of art. And she came with a crowd who dressed nothing like her, who seemed barely to know her, who expected to pay through the nose for the privilege of coming in. He always talks to them all. There are no group rates at Marley's. Come her turn. She said she was a musician. She said she sang. No instrument on show but her speaking voice. And that was instrument enough. It got her through the door. Except that then she sat. There, yes, in that corner. It's a club full of corners, deliberately so, and that one's hers. And didn't sing and didn't sing. And he lost patience in the end. Tapped her, sent her out the long way under everybody's eyes. Yes, he let her back. Yes, that's exceptional. She is. Hush, you'll see. Here, sit here. This is my corner. Discreetly central as corners go. I don't want people staring, but I like to let them look. At you tonight, they can look at you. Nobody's going to see me except in your shadow, some wizened, clutching, greedy thing. It's all right, I don't mind. How could I? It's true enough. Close enough for jazz. No, stop that. Even the young and beautiful only have a limited license to misbehave, especially in here. Especially in here with me. I actually do have a reputation, and you actually could do it damage, so be good. If you can't be good, be kind. You can manage that. Why didn't I bring you before? You weren't ready before. We weren't ready. You don't bring a date to Marley's. This place is about opening your eyes, not dazzling them or blowing smoke. Hush now. Watch the band. You know they're watching you. How can we tell the dancer from the dance? If music is a river, Marley's doesn't only shape its banks. He finds the streams to feed it, diverts them when he must, raises groundwater, regulates the flow. Oh, too many poor images, weak metaphors. Never mind. Keep Yates in mind and watch the band. 
See how they shift places, instruments, personnel from one set to the next, even from one number to the next. This is my grandfather's axe. Father changed the handle and I have changed the blade, but still, grandfather's axe. This is Marley's house band. Never the same lineup, never the same repertoire, and nevertheless. Something abides, some essence that they pass along like a battle, like an inheritance, like a gift. It's not in the phrasing, it's not in the tempo. Nothing so simplistic. It's not a style or a genre or a mood. Nevertheless, the house band carries a house brand, as it ought. If she carries a brand, she wears it hidden. Something has marked her, for sure. But what she shows, what she wears out front, is the pain of it and the uncertainty it's left her with, her tentative habitation of the world, that mermaid attribute of walking on knives and not wanting to sing for her supper. What happened, the way I hear it? One of Marley's boys was out posting flyers for the club, and he heard her busking, just herself, her voice, for a theatre cue. He fetched her back, I'm told, and asked Marley to give her a hearing. But she wouldn't sing for him, or else he wouldn't ask her to. He doesn't do auditions, unless it's her who doesn't. I've heard it either way. No matter. She came, she didn't sing, again, and this time he let her stay, he made her welcome. No pressure now, only the possibility. I don't really know what changed his mind. Something in her, or something in him. Some confluence between the two of them, a meeting of hearts, unless it was a dissonance they both could recognise and value. Two blades laid edge to edge across and against each other. Something. You'd need to be there. Perhaps you'd need to be them to understand it. I don't think you'd want to stand between them. Anyway, she comes here, yes. And sometimes, yes, she sings. Not for her supper, that's abundantly clear. She eats anyway. Yes, yes, we can eat. See that boy with the apron picking his way between the tables? You could call him a waiter if you wanted to. You could call him over. Tell him we want It's a Chicken. What is it? It's an opportunity for you to ask what it is, and for half the club to answer, It's a chicken! It's a pun, yes, but it's not a joke. It's a meal, and the best you'll get tonight. Roast chicken, salad, bread. Half shares, one bird between two. Treat it as a picnic, eat with your fingers, and the parson's nose is mine. If music talked in metaphor, Marley's would give it a frame of reference. But it's not like that, not here. Music is a metaphor, perhaps, but only in the sense that the map is not the territory. It can still show all the territory there is. It can map it one-to-one. -one. Music contains the world, and Marley's contains the music. So where does that leave us? Right here, yes, in the enfolding heart of paradox. Sometimes I think that's what she doesn't understand, how there is nowhere else to be when the dark draws in, how nothing matters more than what happens here, how Marley's house band will save the world if we will only let them if we will only listen. But what do I know? I'm a rattled old roué with the toy boy at his side, and yes, yes, don't interrupt, I'm on a roll here. I don't know what she's thinking. I don't know how she's hurt or what to do about it. We can save the world. We can remake the world with music, but we can't save her. That's all I know. There she sits in her poor, determined beauty, and she wears her damage as blatantly as she wears those ragged sweaters, and we all know she's got nothing underneath, that's all there is. And Marley will feed her any time she comes in, and any of us would give her anything she asked for, except that she'll never ask. And none of it matters a damn, it doesn't mean a thing. What she carries, whatever it is that she carries, it's not just worse than we imagine, it's worse than we can imagine. We can't save her. All we can do is pay her the courtesy of knowing that, 
of leaving her be and letting her get on with it. Maybe she's the necessary sacrifice, the year king, the child under Omelas. That might almost make it easier to bear if someone somewhere thought that all this mattered. Don't look at me, though. That's not my line. Not my line of work, faith and eschatology and such. You know me better than that. I live on the surface of the world. I only come down here to listen to the music. The map is not the territory, but I like maps. I like artifice, description, flights of fancy. If I want to think there's something else occurring, that cartographers know more than I do, that they're laying down lines of power and beauty that carry meaning on beyond the margins of the charts, well, you can't blame me for choosing to, to believe in the significance of art. You can't. You of all people. You are a work of art, and I chose to believe in you. I choose to. You're here, after all, with me, and you say that you're staying. I either believe that, or I walk away. Do you see me walking? No, we can't dance. Not here, not now. I'll take you dancing another night and somewhere else if you're that determined to make a fool of me. Somewhere it won't matter. Be still now. Drink your drink. Smoke that bong if it comes this way. And listen to the music. Close your eyes if you need to, if it helps you hear better. This is important. No need to keep an eye on her. She won't sing yet. Not for hours yet, perhaps. Or not at all. The trick is not to mind. Or would be. I haven't mastered that myself, but then I've heard her sing. If music is a measure, as light is, maybe Marley's is the unit that you count by, fixed and certain, unalloyed. What it is you're counting, that will be something fluid and determined, determinable. Light counts distance, but music... How long? How long has Marley... Don't. Don't ask. That isn't even a question. Not down here. We don't count years. Or no, better to say that years don't count. Age counts, perhaps. That's unvarying. We could stay forever. We could go back up just in time to catch the heat death of the universe, and it would make no difference. Time couldn't touch us. I'll always be twice the boy you are tonight. The band will still be saving the world, and she... Well, maybe she'll still be in her corner. She can sing. That doesn't mean she will. That's what Marley had to learn, that performance is not an obligation. It isn't always going to happen. It's okay, actually, to sit mute, not to use what you've got, not to give a thing. It's not like we'll run out if everybody doesn't give their all. Music supersedes time. There's always more. Maybe she's running out on herself, on her gift, but that's another issue. That's hers to address if she chooses to. Again, there's no obligation. She owes nothing to her art and nothing of art to the world. She could keep her mouth closed all her life, and we wouldn't have a word to say against it. What? No. Flatly, no. Oh, talk to her by all means if you want to. You might learn more in an evening than I have in however long. She might just tell you flat out what troubles her. She might tell everyone who asks. How, how would I know when I've never asked? But don't flatter yourself. It's not you she needs. Youth and beauty she has already and that running talent like a tap she tries to choke off. She'll always be younger than you. It'll always be an advantage. And what else do you have to offer? A listening ear, I grant you, but she's a roomful of those already and makes scant use of it. A hand to hold? I don't suppose she'd want it. That's not what ails her. Or if it is, I've misunderstood her all this time, and so has everyone. If she wanted company, she'd have more than she wanted. They'd be circling her like wolves. There's something in her, though. 
She has the trick of it to keep them all at bay. A shark repellent, a cold equation. You too, even you, it works on you. You say you might go over, but you don't. In all your heat and tenderness, you still hold your distance. Hold to me. Look at her. Just look. God knows it's easy enough. The light all leans towards her like candle flames in draught. It cradles her beauty like eggshell in the palm. It wants to measure nothing but the distance to her skin and finds that little dash too far. Light doesn't see as we do what's bitter or broken or gone bad. No, I don't think she's bad. Nor mad, that either. She has that self-seeding sadness that only grows worse with the years, that'll tangle her entirely if she can't weed it out. But where it comes from, how to stop it, what to do? Mostly we leave her alone, in hopes that that's the right thing. Sometimes we hope that she'll sing. Hush now, and keep still, breathless still like the rest of us. See where she comes? Out of her corner and up to the front, picking her way between tables, Almost clumsy now within her grace, so eager she is, so urgent to step up, to sing out, to be free of what she carries. Maybe it takes time to build, like a bath, filling. Maybe then she has to sing, like a bath, overflowing. Maybe it hurts to swallow. Maybe she can't keep it in. This is how it ought to be for the old romantics, for me. Young people with their talent ablaze, uncontrollable and vicious, running free. Running to the stage now, running to the mic. Barely a glance at the band, a muttered string of chords perhaps to lead them out together and bring them home at last, a gesture with her hand to beat the time. The drummer catches that, he's used to this. He leans into the rhythm of it, fetches the others along. The girl on sax steps forward, blows a phrase, checks our fretful singer with her eyes, wins a nod not as strong as approval, not applause, more like direction. Yes, go that way, that's the way. And so it is, and so she does, and so they do. The bass follows the drum, the piano skitters along behind the sax, runs ahead like an eager dog, waits for everyone to catch up. They all catch a breath, a moment, a hanging pause. And then she sings, and they trot on obedient at her heels. It's a song without words, necessarily, inevitably, but you wouldn't call it scat. That has too many connotations, and they're all wrong, wrong-headed. There's nothing comic here, and she's not riffing on anything you've ever heard, nor I either. She's laying down something fundamental, telling a truth deeper and newer than language, a fresh revelation. If music is a lever, strong enough and long enough, then Marley's is the place to stand, the place she's chosen. She's the fulcrum. They may say she carries the weight of the world on her shoulders, and of course she does, but not the way they mean it, not a helpless, hopeless sorrow, not like Atlas either, doing it as punishment or penance, holding up the sky, keeping the status quo. She heaves, she tilts, she moves the world. She moves the world. She sings and something happens, or something doesn't happen. The same thing. That earthquake off the Philippines doesn't raise a wave. A drone that went astray comes back to base, its missiles undischarged. Guerrillas in Guatemala or Gabon don't raid a village in the early day. Don't catch everybody sleeping. Don't leave a strew of bloody corpses in their wake. That's what she has. It's what she does. She sings a new world, a new way, a shift from one track to another. And yes, it costs her. In damage we can see, and more for sure that we cannot. And what? You want to help? You want to make her feel better? You want to stop this dead, this thing she does, this little faltering miracle she buys for us, this step back from grief unbearable? No. 
What she has is bearable. You can see that. She bears it rather well. If music is an interrogation, Marley sets the questions. His house, his house band, it's almost clinical, almost cruel. Certainly it's ruthless, but so's she in her way. Ruthless with herself, at least. She isn't keening here. She's not lamenting how she suffers. She suffers and she sings. They're separate. That matters. So do you, yes. We all matter, so long as she's up there doing her thing. Her two things, the singing and the suffering. She needs witness and we can bear it. We can bear that, at least. It's all she asks of us. It's all she offers. Nothing ever happens down here, or to us. Nothing ever stops, no. Not for us. Push comes to shove, as it does. It's really not about us anymore. We can leave, yes, if you want to. When her set is over. Most people won't. Not for a while yet. They'll have another drink, think it through, check themselves for coverage, for news. They'll see us if we go. They'll watch us all the way. But that's okay. We've done our bit. We've been here when it mattered. We've let her sing. That's what we do. It's implied consent. She's allowed to shift the world if someone's listening. She's allowed to suffer, sure. That too. I'm sorry. You weren't ready for this, were you? You're so young. I forget sometimes how young you are. Once she sits down, I'll take you home, if that's what you want. And I'll make a little prediction just between us. When we head for the door, listen out. Just as we leave, as we go to climb those stairs, you'll hear the whole damn club give a little sigh. Barely more than a breath, just enough to know that they've noticed. Don't be surprised if we get a quick tuckle on the drums to see us out, or an air on a penny whistle. They're a romantic crew, and they'll be glad to see me happy. You don't know how good you are for me, or how long they've waited to see you come. But it's more than that. There'll be a relief in it, too. They'll be glad for anything, almost, that isn't her. Something they can step back from, something they can smile at, something they can applaud. No one claps for her, no. She couldn't bear that. We wouldn't do it. She's like church. Some things just aren't appropriate. See? See now? See her go. See her step down and blunder back towards her corner to a drink. There'll be drinks headed her way all night, so long as she stays. So long as she stays there. People will be praying that she won't sing again. Come on then, you. Let's hit the road. I want to drink myself. And silence, yes. Blind, waiting, animal silence. And a storm no longer pending. That sense of something cut away. Something to be grateful for. And you. God, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I thought you'd like that. You, you want my first impression? Yes. That's what happens when the devil and his boy toy go off to their favorite bar and listen to God come sing. Exactly. Fantastic. Yay. Now I want to borrow your characters. Can I use them? <laughs> <laughs> you know, my angel silence and coffee triptych. I do. I, I think they're in it. I think they probably are. If that's all right with yes, you, I'll just sort of you know. yeah, slip them in there. <laughs> Excellent, because it's sort of like you have to wonder in all of that where God is. Well, mm -hmm. God's sitting in a corner drinking, yes. and yeah, so yes. crap. Now it has to be a book. <laughs> Damn you! See what you've done. Uh -huh. So tell me again what that's published in Tales from the House Band. Who's Volume the, two. Volume two. Uh, um, edited by Deborah Grabian, and published by Plus One Press. Fantastic. We'll put a link to this story um, and other things mentioned on their website, which is www.writersdrinkingcoffee.com. You can also find us on Facebook or Twitter. 
Please write in and tell Chaz what you think of his delicious story. You've been listening to Writers Drinking Coffee, a labor of love and enthusiasm put together by the host. Our main web support magic is brought to you by Deirdre McGaffey-Schween, and our sound engineer and backup web spider is David Welsh. Our intro music is Pretty Made Milking a Cow, and our exit music is Breakfast with a Morning Person, both by Michael Engberg. You can hear more from Michael Engberg on manyhatsmusic.com. Our podcast sponsor is Jackal Designs, enabling you all to buy cool WDC swag. You can find links on the website or on our Facebook page.